Hey everyone, welcome to Cigars on Syndication. I'm Robbie Rogers. I'm here with my co-host Jay Noor, and we're uh, passionate about real estate and passionate about cigars. And hopefully, um, you know, we can provide a little education on both today. Hey everyone, I'm Janaid Noor. Um, today we're smoking the Davidoff Golden Band Awards cigar. Uh, this is a limited edition only. Uh, sold by certain high-volume Davidoff dealers. Well, so far, it's remarkable. A really easy draw. I'm um, getting a lot of pepper, uh, a lot of good uh, natural tobacco flavor. Yeah, I agree. It's it's very peppery, and, you know, we just lit these up. So we'll we'll talk about them a little bit later on as we've smoked uh, more, of it, uh, more of them. So what's the, what's the topic today, Robbie? What are we talking about? Today, we're going to talk about uh, mistakes that investors make. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of good opportunities out there, but there's also a lot of, of good opportunities missed and mistakes made along the way. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, I've been investing in real estate. Uh, I've I've owned my own companies. I've I've uh, been involved in operations, and I'll tell you, in real estate, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And you know, I hope we can we can uh, pass some of that knowledge along to people so they can avoid making those mistakes. Yeah. The, uh, for me, a lot of them are, are missed opportunities when I was younger, you know, not recognizing the opportunity or taking too much time to make a decision and missing an opportunity. And, and sometimes it's just those regrets that, that eat at you a little bit. Yeah. One of the mistakes that I've made, uh, as I, when I was younger and I was getting into this was, um, overanalyzing the deal. Now, you know, I have an accounting background and, you know, I look at the numbers, but what happened uh, with me was that uh, particularly condominium, this, the first condominium that I was looking at, and that was in Chicago, you know, <clears throat> I overanalyzed the deal. You know, I was uh, very scared, very risk averse as the first deal. And uh, it was, oh, you know, the market's moving up, the market's moving down. Uh, what happens if uh, the if I can't rent it for the amount that I want to to be able to uh, to be able to cover my PITI, my principal interest taxes and insurance? Uh, what happens if the market drops by more than five percent or ten percent? Or what happens if the market goes up by more than five percent or ten percent? So. Especially someone like me, you know, with an accounting background, we tend to overanalyze the deals. And what happens is that it kept me from getting into the market early on when the market was booming. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think fear is um, is one of those mistakes that people make. Um, they don't know when to get in. Uh, they take too long to make a decision. And I know that from personal experiences, I've made mistakes. You know, thankfully, some, most of them smaller mistakes. But it does, those mistakes help me recognize when it is a good opportunity and when I do need to move and take advantage of it. Um, but, but certainly you can get, you can get frozen. You can get scared, uh, when you have an opportunity in front of you and, and you overanalyze it. Yeah. Uh, another, another mistake that, uh, people make, uh, thankfully I, I never fell into this trap, uh, was getting too emotional about a property. And I actually knew a friend of mine, um, who, who did this with a property of theirs where they bought it uh, and they put so much money into the property um, that when they went to try and sell it, they were not making any money. And basically, you know, the, 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 the idea for him was that, well, 
I'm going to uh, decorate it or I'm going to remodel it as if it were my own house, you know, with that kind of, uh, with that kind of feeling, with that kind of uh, uh, emotion in it. The problem is that when it's your own house, you get that return by living there and enjoying it on a daily basis. And so if you don't get the money that you were thinking of getting when you sell, um, it's okay because you were there, you lived in it, you enjoyed it, you're fine. And you tend to live in it longer, right? You, you tend to live in most people, the average, I think, is seven years to live in their own house. Uh, but as an investment property, you have to look at it as an investment property. Emotion is such a hard, hard, uh, it's really hard to combat it when you get emotional about a property, whether it be in an area that that you've always wanted to build in, whether it be down the street from your house that you grew up in, um, you know, you still have to dig in. You still have to understand, uh, what, what's the, what encompasses this whole project? What, you know, what is, is it going to be permitted? Is it going to be entitled? Um, what are your challenges and risk and, and pulling away all that emotion because, oh, I used to, I, I could never, I thought I could never afford to be in this part of town and build this build and, and being able to just strip all the emotion away and strictly make a decision with your head it's really challenging. And the best way that I found is when you're looking at uh, a single family home, for example, or a condominium to invest in, look at the comps. You know, if you're working with a realtor, have them pull comps for you and then look at the pictures of all the comps, right? So if, if those pictures are showing granite in their kitchens, we're talking about sold comps, right? So you're getting ready to buy a property you look at all the other ones that sold in the area and how much they sold for. So once you get, you don't just look at the numbers. I would go in and look at the pictures and, and verify, do the other houses that have sold have granite? Do they have stainless steel appliances? Do they have wood floor or do they have just ceramic tiles? Or do they just have carpet? Um, if you overdo it, you may not get your money back. And if you underdo it, then you may not get the, you may leave money on the table. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that, you know, you really have to analyze every aspect. Um, and one of the things that you always harp on is taxes. And, and so many people don't uh, recognize that the minute you've bought that property, it's now valued at that new sale price. Right. And so your property taxes are going to be at the new sale price that you purchase it at. And, you know, uh, the other things that people don't look at when they do their due diligence is maybe you're buying it from a senior citizen who had a homestead exemption and an over 65 exemption on their property taxes. And you're going to buy it as an investor property. Um, you know, as long as you're not house hacking, you're not living there, your, your property taxes are going to go way up. And so now you, you have to analyze that uh, is that new cash flow going to be able to cover your PITI and give you the return that you're looking for. Yeah. And, and I know recently we've seen some, some multifamily deals that have come across the table for existing multifamily. Uh, some of these were acquired in the mid eighties and early nineties, and they've enjoyed great appreciation here, at least in the Houston market. And these new sales have, I mean, increased property values, 50, 60% greater than what their tax value is today. Uh, also, another another big item that that is uh, increasing rapidly uh, in the Gulf area is insurance. 
You know, insurance is going up 20 and 30% every year. So uh, one of the things that people need to understand when they're analyzing uh, or the mistake they will make when they're analyzing is not taking into account the new uh, insurance rates and the new um, property taxes. Yeah, I mean, if you miss both those uh, when you're evaluating a property, I mean, it, it could take a good deal and turn it bad in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that people don't uh, take into account is uh, the loans or the lending situation. Uh, of course, leverage gives you a better cash on cash return, but interest rates are going up. And, you know, um, hard money lenders, uh, when I was buying houses, the hard money loans that I was getting into were like 6%. Now it's costing the hard money lender 6%. So, you know, it, they, they are lending out at eight and nine percent. So that's also going to affect, um, the, the, uh, cash flow that you get from your property. Well, Jay, I don't know about you, but I'm really enjoying this Davidoff, uh, this Golden Band Awards uh, limited edition. I have never, um, I've never had an opportunity to smoke it. I believe, uh, they only made them in the 2013 and 14. Yeah, I believe so. And um, it's a it's a um, all Dominican uh, wrapper, filler, and binder. The wrapper does happen to be the same uh, wrapper as the Yamasa. Um, really good smoke, uh, pretty consistent. A really just a really good natural tobacco flavor. A little peppery, uh, and and it just a, it's a pretty good smoke so far. Yeah, no, I I like these. Um, and you know this this one's been sitting in my humidor probably for a good four or five years. Um, so it's, it's quite, uh, strong right now, but yeah, it's a, it's a very consistent, natural tobacco flavor all throughout. Uh, I get a little bit of pepper, uh, and, uh, just a good tobacco flavor. Yeah. Same thing for me. It's, it's a good smoke. Uh, really, really enjoying it. It's, um, you know, Davidoff generally doesn't let me down and this one's no different. It's a good, good quality cigar. By the way, if people um, are enjoying this po- uh, enjoying this podcast and this YouTube video and they want more information, they can also uh, always go to our website, www.albanyparkcapital.com, hit the resources tab, and we have a lot of articles, and hopefully some of those articles will help you invest in real estate. Well, Jay, I think another big mistake that, that investors make uh, or can make, you know, whether they're buying their own property or whether they're investing with a syndicator is, is really not understanding the exit strategy and how it aligns with their personal needs uh, or, or wants or results for them for their own investing. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I'll tell you some of my own examples. Um, you know, when we bought houses, um, uh, single family homes, uh, we bought them for the purpose of renting them out. We were not buying them for, um, for flipping. So, the difference is the finishes, right? How much money are you going to put into a house when you're going to be renting it out? Because the rent would, would probably be lower than um, on, on an annual basis. Your return is going to be lower than what you might make as a flip. So people who want to, to flip houses will put nicer finishes in. For rentals, if we're going to be just renting it from year to year to year, you might get away with lower end finishes. You might not need the stainless steel appliances. Although what we did with our houses was that we kept them for two or three years as rent uh, rental units. But when they were getting ready to sell, that's when we updated them, put some nicer appliances in, put some nicer floors in. And because now the market was 
was very good to flip the house. And so we wound up flipping them. And, you know, we, we wound up not losing money because of the additional upgrades. Well, and just knowing that that was your strategy and sticking to the plan. Um, I know earlier when we were talking, you know, Jay brought up a great point about some people are, aren't very good at, at, at making a plan, staying focused. And, and I think that's a huge mistake. And, and they take their money from one investment to the next investment, not reaching maturation with any of them. Um, and I think like with a syndicator and, and a partnership and being an LP in a syndication, it's fully understanding what their exit strategy is and does it align with your goals? Yeah. And that exit strategy may switch in the sense that, well, we were planning on refinancing um, a multifamily property in five years or we were planning on selling it in five years. Now, maybe the market is not good to sell a you know, $50, $60 million piece of property. If there are no takers, then you know you refinance it or you just hold on to it. That is understandable because uh, circumstances, the economy are such that uh, the general partner makes that decision. But if the general partner says to you, we might, we might sell it or we might keep it, or we might refinance it. Uh, that's that's something that I would walk away from. Yeah, that's definitely a red flag. And and I think as an investor, you know, one of the worst things you could do is maybe put too much money into a deal that you can't afford to, or or need to get out quicker. Because I mean, some of these some of these syndications do have out clauses, but it's going to be penalized severely. And and just know what money you can do without for how long. Yeah, and that's the other thing with real estate, right? It's not liquid. Uh, it, it, it's it's a great asset. It appreciates well. It's good cash flow, but it's not liquid. You, if you need money uh, right away, and you're going to try and sell your property, you're gonna you're gonna sell it at a fire sale, and you're not going to get the the kind of return that you're looking for. So, with real estate, you have to be able to understand that you're going to hold long term, uh, unless you're flipping, and even with flippers. Uh, there are a lot of flippers when the market dropped, they got stuck with their properties and they couldn't flip it anymore. And they had to either walk away from it and lose whatever they put in uh, or sell it for a loss. Yeah. And I think just like in today's market and, and this economy, I think the good flippers are including that in their loans are probably longer hold times. Otherwise, they're going to eat those additional months that it sits on the market. Yeah, real estate is all about holding power. You know, if you can hold it and the longer you can hold it, the more it'll appreciate, the more money it'll make, assuming you you got it at a, at a you got in at a good price. And again, that goes back to exit strategy, right? Uh know what kind of uh know your exit strategy first, whether it's cash flow or appreciation, and know what your appreciation is going to be when you walk into the deal. Not hoping that, well, five years from now, I think the property will go up in value. And um, at that point, I'll sell it and I'll make X amount of money. Because, you know, people did that in 2007. And then all of a sudden, the market fell in 2008. It's not like real estate never goes down in value. It does go down. But <clears throat> it all depends on what you bought it for. Well, and I think I think an important message throughout um, this podcast, I hope everybody, we're not trying to scare anybody from investing. Uh, we just, we've all made mistakes. We've all learned from them. You know, it's about being resilient and learning from your mistakes and being cautious, investing the right amount of money that, uh, that helps you get to your goals and, and not, um, you know, not being afraid to, to jump in. But when you do jump, you know, look before you leap and, and know where you're going to land. 
Yeah, and, and you know, I'll give you another example. One of the fastest growing markets here in Texas is Austin. Now, uh, by all indications, Austin property values have dropped by 20% in the last year. But they had gone up by 30% the year before. So if you bought it the year before and you sold it last year, you may have gotten a 30% increase. But if you bought it last year and you're trying to sell it this year, you're going to get a 20% loss. So you see how timing and how much you pay for it makes all the difference. And no matter how much you prepare, some of those things are just unavoidable. And, and it goes back to what you were saying about holding. Yeah. And then at that point, if um, you, know, you, you, you feel like you're going to lose money on the sale, you have to be able to hold it. Get the cash flow, you know, ride it through, ride the wave. Because real estate is cyclical, right? It goes up and it goes down. And as long as you can ride the low waves, you're going to make money. Hey, do yourself a favor. Jump on albanyparkcapital.com. Uh, go through some of our educational videos and uh, educate yourself. Um, grab a David off golden band if you get a chance. It's a great smoke. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, everybody enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, we're here to try and teach. We'd love some comments. We've loved, we've loved some, we'd love some feedback. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about the David off and uh, have a nice afternoon.